Hey everybody, it's Terrell Cummings, and this is episode 38 of the Always Relevant Podcast. I am chilling here right now in Destin, Florida, actually in Miramar Beach, Florida, on the beach, recording live. Um, I'm sorry it's taking so long to record. I'm sorry we didn't record last week for 4th of July. Uh, We couldn't get our schedules matched up, and then uh, we couldn't get our schedules matched up yesterday, mostly because I was traveling had to do a bunch of stuff before it rained and everything. So that's my fault. I apologize. But I'm going to have Dane and Lee on today. Uh, honestly, I don't even know what we're really going to be talking about. So we're just going to go on here winging it a little bit. It'll be fine. I'm sure we can figure some things out. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about some sports, talking about college football and how different conferences are cutting short their seasons or they're only going to play in conference play. I personally want to know how that's going to affect those smaller Division One schools, or even um, FCS schools that rely on playing those large teams to fund their team and their athletic departments for the year. So that's what I worry about. It's a fallout from that. Um, don't really know what else we're talking about. And we're having a, loose, a new segment with Lee for Drink of the Week because he is our resident mixologist slash resident genius. So um, he'll go on. And he'll give everybody a good Drink of the Week, especially for summertime. Especially me on vacation. I'll try it out. I'll let me know how, how it is and how it goes. So, like I said, we're going to talk about a few other things as well. Uh, like I said, we're going to be kind of winging a little bit. So, hope everybody's doing good. Hope everybody's excited. I know we're definitely excited to get back together. It's been a while. And um, here we go. So, enjoy the show. All right, everybody. This is Terrell Cummins, and this is episode 38 of the Always Relevant Podcast. I'm Dane DeMail and Lee Caldwell here co-hosting we have been slacking the last few weeks we didn't have anything fourth of july we are straight couldn't get our schedule straight last weekend so sorry for being gone for two weeks but we're back got everybody together dan lee how's it going good man glad to be back so uh you know how it is holidays and stuff people got stuff to do but yeah we're ready to get into it i am uh, i'm ready for it man i'm ready for it for sure lee sorry didn't mean to cut y'all go ahead man. Uh, I was just saying, man, it's definitely glad to be back. Definitely good to see both you guys again. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Everybody is listening. Uh, we're actually doing this through a Zoom call. Maybe at some point in time you'll see us out there on YouTube or Instagram or something like that. But as of right now, give us a hear our lovely voices. Appreciate that. So, <laughs> but like I said, good to see you guys. I was like uh, hanging out and catching up with everybody. Uh, I'll go ahead and start it off with how are you and how are you really, because we're going to have a rundown of some topics today. So I'll kick, I'll kick that off myself. How am I? I am kind of sad because I was been in Destin this past week, and um, you know, the beach was nice. We had good weather. It was pretty much sunny and 88 to 95 every day of the week. Um, nice breeze off the, off the Gulf. It only rained one day, which was Wednesday, and it rained all day that day. But other than that, that was good. But I'm in Nashville right now, and my vacation is winding down. I'm technically supposed to go back to work on Wednesday, but I know I have a meeting to go to tomorrow and then a ton of stuff for work I need to catch up on. So I'll probably start working early if possible. Plus, I still have class on Tuesday. I do class in Florida while I was in the condo last week, so that kind of sucked. But um, overall, you know, trying to get things done and keep it moving. But uh, so I guess overall, I can't complain. Just a little sad that vacation's coming to an end. Dane, how are you? How are you really? Oh, man, I'm doing pretty good. You know, they got uh, 
they're shutting everything down again. So no more bars again, none of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, but I, I'm good. Uh, other than the fact that there's still no justice for the James Harrison situation and Steelers still getting <laughs> away with everything. Uh, you know, I, I just don't understand how the NFL could do that. Uh, talk about protecting players. You know, I mean, the Steelers are probably going to have some special COVID rights or something like that. I mean, I can't deal with this no more. I can't stand it. But right here, I would like that shellacking of Cincinnati 4 nothing to start the MLS season. The crew's in first place. We actually got some sports back. I'm hey, high. You know I'm That's high. Right. When baseball starts, red legs in the shortened season, they're making a run. They're built to do some work. Okay, let me – how, we talk about this every podcast, right? <laughs> the Reds are awful. Awful. This year, though, I have faith. A W F U L. Awful. Until someone me otherwise, like the Browns, awful's the word for the Reds. So, how do you feel about the Indians then? Because the they're Indians always in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs, man. Isn't there only one thing that matters, and that's championships day? The Reds are sure the, hey. sure the Reds have won a championship more recently than the Indians have. I'm just saying. Times. Yeah, but uh, what was that? 1990 with Lou Pinella? He's like 100 right, so now. The Indians have been, <laughs> what, like 70 years? I mean, y'all are trying to figure out how to give away Lindor, but you want to talk about who's awful. Well, you know what? That's the worst part. The Indians don't even have any money and still make it to the playoffs every year and World Series. The Reds throw up freaking softballs and grapefruits up there. They're, the home run records are being destroyed single-handedly by Reds pitching. Single-handedly. <laughs> well, it's not exactly a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Let's think about that, too. I mean, I'd, I'd put one in the upper deck for sure. Currently. Did I just hear the ballpark excuse? Lee, you live in Colorado. <laughs> Tell him about ballparks excuses. You live in the Rockies. Well, think about it this way. The Rockies legitimately have, if they ever do sign a free agent pitcher, have to massively overpay for it. They try all the different things. You know, there was the humidor that they still do. Um, the first year we actually lived out here was the year that they extended the wall uh, vertically in right field because that's where so many of the home runs are going. So now it's honestly the center, like center field all the way into the right field power alley, maybe even all the way to the line is as tall as, like, the green monster, and it's just like a uh, – it's a mesh netting now. So that those balls still stay in play, but, I mean, hell. The home run record and the batting, at, batting average champ 90% of the time is going to come out of Colorado just because of the climate. Yeah. And plus, and but well, at, the of, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that you still can't build a team to adapt to that. I mean, yes, you – Build your team around guys, one that can get on base, but then you also have big bangers in there. And then on top of that, you just make sure that uh, you have enough pitchers that know that you're going to burn through their arms and at some point in time realize that you're going to have to win 10-9 slugfests. Yeah. So I want to rephrase how am I doing. I'm terrible now because we started talking <laughs> about Reds baseball again. Right. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, you know you're All right, to leave on the let me know how you're feeling, Lee. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, Lee, how are you? How are you really? Actually, man, I am doing quite well. Uh, one, just the fact that baseball is back around the corner. Glad to see the MLS is back. And two, the fact that Dane just got that upset when he has to face the truth about Cleveland sports. Just, you know, gets me right there. <laughs> you know what else he's going to be upset about? The fact that NASCAR has been going for the past few weeks. <laughs> I just turned left. Everybody's hanging out, having a good time. 
I'm listening to Dale Jr. announcing and everything. Daryl Walker was back last week. You know, I heard a bitty, 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 let's go race some boys. I know you got to be excited about that. Yeah, all right. Hey, I'm not mad that the Cavs won the championship. I'm cool with that. This I'm saying Danny like embrace NASCAR. NASCAR is a good thing. Um, you know, I am not nearly the NASCAR fan that I used to be. But still, it's something that it can give people an opportunity to keep themselves entertained. And it's something, that, you know, maybe it brings back some of the fans they lost. I know I kind of walked away from it a little bit, one, when it was – well, one, it's not as big a thing in Colorado as what it was in the Midwest. But right. two, um, when they started well, doing – like the, the Yeah, I mean, Truex and that furniture road team was based here in Colorado. But, you know, it's not the same as, you know, when you can go to the Brickyard or you can go to, you know, Bristol or so many tracks that are nearby and drivable. Um, right. The other thing, too, is that, like, once they started doing the different heats, I – it was like, why do we have to mess with something that seemingly has been working, you know, ever since it was Moonshiners and legit stock cars? True. All right, Dave, sorry. Didn't mean to hit that NASCAR <laughs> No, no, it's good. I'm glad you talked about that because you were looking for non-sports topics. So I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to get into that discussion. I'm not going to get into that discussion. So, Dane, we're going to bring back to you, man. We're bringing back Dane's Lyft Chronicles. What's been going on? Are you been driving Lyft? Oh, man. More, more recently. I know you got people, stories for us. People are acting a fool. I know I just started doing it again. Them cheap. Suckers at Lyft were offering some bonus money to go out there. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. Now, right now, it's super busy, right? And I can tell you, like, when I was back in Ohio for 4th of July, you couldn't even get a ride anywhere. Like, we were trying to go to the bar, and there was no cars. So right. I was like, man, there's got to be some money to be made. So there is. So I went out there, right? And uh, I put in, a, put in a shift on Tuesday because I was off. I worked like eight hours, right? And I was like, Wow, I did not miss this at all. So, <laughs> so you know, people uh, people are just wasted like two in the afternoon. It's great. I mean, I wish I could live like that. I mean, nobody's got anything to do. So I'm driving around. And uh, the first thing I want to bring up that really disturbed me, right? So you know how they rate us, you know, at five stars. I take my rating very seriously because <laughs> I'm a professional <laughs> driver now. So, hey, somebody gave me a four out of five, and they marked me down for customer experience. So now my rating is a 4.99, right? I mean, what do they want me to do? Sing to them? Customer Wait, what, experience. What, how, how are you supposed to add to their customer experience besides getting them from point A back home where they're trying to go? Where customer are they experience on a trip that was 1.8 miles long. <laughs> 1.8 miles long that, that my their customer experience was lacking. Well, I am so sorry that your 1.8 mile ride was not up to expectations in my Corolla. Were you um, playing player? When someone's going to pay you $3.67 to go 1.8 miles, I don't know what you expect from customer service. And I'm so sorry I let you down that customer experience if you're left if you're listening so you know the, these people so i mean people are just crazy right so i go to the, i go pick this guy up he's hammered right he's like man i've been waiting for someone to pick me up for three hours right so i actually sent this to terrell so i take this guy a liquor store and he walks out with a giant bottle 
of spiked cherries and hands it to me. He goes, here, man, thanks for picking me up. It's just this big jar of spiked cherries. Oh, and gosh. he's hammered. And he's got like two shopping bags full of liquor. <laughs> he gives me this thing. So that was actually a good experience. I'm glad I was appreciated. He actually gave me $10 too, so I want to shout this guy out. I don't remember his name or anything. $10 and spiked cherries. I could quit my real job if I got that on every trip. So. Just like he made your customer experience. Yeah. Yeah, no and doubt. Then, and then my favorite is, you know, it was always in my Lyft Chronicles. I tell you, your car's going to smell like weed, right? So people now started to apologize because they smell like weed, which is, you know, weird. I don't know why. Like, don't worry. I smell it all night long. It's so funny. Like, apologize for the smell, man. Like, Hey, it's all right. So this guy gets in my car, right? <laughs> and he smells like a dispensary dipped in, uh, I don't know, Calvin Klein or something. So, and I'm taking him to work. So he gets in my car. And and it's just like the smell of marijuana mixed with three different kinds of colognes. It sits out. Whoa. You know, I mean, he actually says, you know, I apologize for the smell. I go, oh, yeah, that's, a, you know, that's all right. I smell that all the time. He goes, you know, the cologne smell. I said, <laughs> I said, yeah. I said oh, yeah, the cologne smell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> he literally oh, yeah, goes, yeah, you mean, you know, you know what I mean, but for the cologne smell, that's what he said. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah, you. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so well, I curious. Yeah, it's like, and then I dropped this dude off at work. I probably shouldn't even have dropped him off there. I'm like, you sure you want to go in there? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's just crazy, dude. I love the people who think they know you. Those are the best. Oh, how you doing? You know, like, it's like, what? what? Why are you yelling? Like, come on. Like, those are the ones you got to turn the music up as soon as they get in the car. Like, just crank it, man. Just and you're their Lyft driver, man. You're enhancing their customer experience. It's like you're keeping those five-star ratings, you know. I know. She's like, do I know you from this? I know you from this. Like, why are you in the front seat? Like, what? What is going on? You know what I mean? That, that is the question, Dane. Actually, I need to know this because in, like, you know, COVID world, like, they all make – everyone's like, please ride in the back seat. So what is proper protocol when you are a single person in a Lyft or an Uber? Do you want that person in the front seat or you want them in the back seat? Well, they're not even allowed to sit in the front seat right now. Okay. You but before, like prior to all that, was it? Prior to that, they're supposed to sit. They're not supposed to sit in the front, but because I just want tips, I don't care where they sit. <laughs> you know, but now I'll actually say something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to sit in the back. And the windows have to be down. So I don't care if it's blowing your weave all over the place. I don't care. We got to keep circulation in the car you're only paying me three bucks you know what i mean like you're gonna have to deal with it and you're supposed to wear a mask which you know nobody does some people do or i love the guy he gets in the car and he sits next to me like this i'm like i told the one dude i was like and, and there's like three people so there's two in the back one sitting there and he's sitting there like that i go dude knock it off you're bothering me dude like put your shirt down like it's cool it's weird so I was like, what's that? He goes, oh, oh, thanks, man. So, you know, that just crazy. So problem is I work too long, I think, Tuesday. Usually you can deal with the stupid for a while, but when you try to deal with that kind of stuff for eight hours, it gets a little intense, right? So this is what I did these one people. And I hope these people have a terrible day, all right? I really do. I hope their day is terrible. I hope their day was terrible after I dropped them off. 
So they get in the car, like, turn it down, I need you. So they want me, so basically when someone tells you to take them somewhere that's that they don't put in the thing first, they're asking you for, you know, to do something free, and they're asking you to do something that's not safe, obviously. So I, she said, when you put in that dress, it takes you to the wrong place, and they got these two women, they're like probably 50-something, and they're hammered, and it's like 6 o'clock at night. And uh, I picked them up from some house. And you guys are going to like this because I was like, I hadn't done this before, but I was like, you know, I'm in Allentown. I'm not, in, I'm driving through one of the worst parts of town. So uh, <laughs> I see an abandoned gas station. There's this abandoned gas station on 7th Street where just like 12 people are hanging out, just chilling. Some big ass dudes, man, just hanging out, doing nothing, probably up to no good. I pull right in that gas station and go, get out. Oh, my car. Like, oh, oh, no, what do you mean? Yeah, get out right here. So these dudes, like the vultures, are just standing there, you know, hanging on the corner, just waiting for these people to get out of my car. And I have the windows down. They can hear me going, get out. Terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, no, Terrible. we'll pay you whatever. We'll pay you whatever. Just don't leave me out there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they should give you a three-star rating on that. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I don't know if they're the ones that marked me down or not. But, uh, I think it was a short run. So, and then you've got to get your daily political lectures. And then the worst part is, like, they won't get out of your car. Like, I'm sitting there at the stop, dude. F Trump, F this. I'm like, oh, my God. Go. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, be somewhat, you know, they're not saying this. I'm sitting there and they're, you know, they're telling me all this stuff. And I'd rather listen to that than the ones that try to convert me to the uh, Baptist church, dude. Those are the worst, man. Oh, come here. And they always have pamphlets on them, dude. What? They, like, just walk around with paper pamphlets, like, their whole life. Like, hey, come to this church. Can You know what I mean? Do, do you know God? <laughs> Does it look like I know God? I'm driving Lyft, for Christ's sakes, in the middle of the hood. I said, what? You think? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm sure I do. You know what I mean? But, uh but Lyft, Are those just Jesus' business cards, though? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't know. The only reason I went back out there is because Lyft has been offered some bonuses to get people back out there. So they'll give you 58 extra dollars if you complete 45 rides. So I actually have done 39 this week. So if I get nine more rides by 5 a.m. today, I, I kick in that bonus. Yeah, you better do it while well, bars are closed. So, be hopefully, there's people hanging out at some restaurants. Yeah, you have no idea. You'd be surprised. As soon as I turn this thing on, I'll be busy as hell. I'll be shuttling people back and forth from hotels and random houses and alleyways. You don't know what the hell's going on out there. So, <laughs> I love the ones where you go, where you get the pickup. It's like, drop me off at the corner of this and this street. Okay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> people, I don't recommend doing this i really don't the pain i go through to do this segment is a bit much <laughs> <laughs> hey dane here's one if you want to talk about rando like drop-offs uh really quickly when we started doing uh delivery when COVID started happening we kept getting these same drops for all these different names to the same street corner and there was a group of uh, homeless guys that would always order from the same same street corner and have us drop them off like handles of Jack and booze because they they weren't they had all gotten kicked out of the local liquor stores right there. 
<laughs> doing delivery to the street corners. Is that even legal? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I, I like the ones where you know they'll just drop something in your car and be like, "Hey, oh, I'm not, I'm not going. I just need you to take this over here." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Look <laughs> at the paper bag in my car. Like I'm, I got to drive it two miles down the road here. <laughs> and usually yeah, they're yeah. like, they're like looking around like this. There's ten dollars too, dude. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't ask questions at that point. You no. get there and get out. No, and then I like the ones where like, hey, they're stuffing the bank of your car because you know you're driving around like, what you, throw that, throw it out the window. <laughs> you don't know what you're leaving in the car. You know, I mean, someone handed me a bottle of something. I was like, Phew, I don't want that in the car. I don't even know what to do. You know? Oh man. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're back on the clock, dude. Look, I look forward to more and more stories. I'm sure you'll be keeping us entertained in the upcoming weeks. I am going to do the bare minimum rides tonight. I, I'm going to try to get my bonus. I got to do your nine. I got a dollar bonus. It's going to help. I don't know what it's going to help you with, but it's going to help you with something. So I just want to see if them cheap suckers will pay it. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee you tonight I'm going to get the 44 runs, and I ain't going to get another run the rest of the night. You watch. Don't make me run 44, and then they won't give me another one. That means next week when Dane's on, when we do the how are you, how you really, he's going to be ticked at only getting 44 rides. So he didn't get his $58 bonus because of that. It's yeah, I just, I just want peace. I know I'm going to log on to a ride. I'm going to go pick up the guy and be like, where are we going? Oh, we're going to Queens. I'm like, hell no. Get out of my car, man. I got. I just want a couple <laughs> two-mile rides down the road, man. Get out. I'm not going. <laughs> I mean, oh, what was I told you? I dropped that guy off in Queens a while back. I was like, man, I'm never doing that again, especially with this no. stuff going on. How long of a drive was that? Oh, that was a long drive. That was in the middle of the night, and it still was uh, two hours. Uh, to get into that part with New York City traffic and stuff, I mean, it probably took me about two hours. Yeah, so. Yeah, forget that. Wow. Better you than me there. <laughs> the ride paid 150 bucks, but it wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick to the short rides, man. It's the short rides and get that fifty-eight dollar bonus. You'll be good. That's right. I'll let everybody know if I get it. I know. I, I, I man, I really don't want to do it. I'm gonna go try to do it as soon as we're done. Get it out. Hey, you, got, you gotta, you gotta boost that rating back up. Try to get back to close to five. Yeah, I know, man. This four point nine nine. I'll tell you what. Whoever did that, don't ever get in my car again. Customer <laughs> experience. Come on, man. What? What am I supposed to do? Maybe for the next podcast, you guys can let me know what I can do to improve the customer experience for a 1.8-mile ride down the road. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to let us know. I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure what would improve that, to be honest with you. I have no yeah, idea. You guys remember the old notorious B.I.G. CD, like the Mad Rapper? Yeah. I'm the Mad yeah, Rapper. Like, I'm the Mad Rapper. <laughs> man, this is messed up. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll see what happens. Lee, let's talk about uh, something fun. Let's talk about yeah, Lee, what's the drink of the week here. Give yeah, us well, we got the new segment, Lee's Adult Beverage of the Week. <laughs> what do you got for us, man? Our resident right. mixologist. So, I know it's hot where y'all are. I know it's really hot out here. Um, and what I think is a really great way to kick off summer is doing a berry smash cocktail. So, basically, we're going to use blueberries, raspberries, um some type of like white spirit so you can use vodka gin i actually like to use white whiskey with this 
Um, so you'll use two ounces of that, uh, three quarter ounce of simple syrup, which is literally, you can either buy it or super easy to make. It's just a one-to-one ratio of hot water and just granulated sugar. Uh, 0.75 of lemon juice and two uh, like sprigs or just top cement. Just throw all of that in a shaker tin full of ice, shake it really, really hard, dump it into a pint glass, top it off with some ginger beer, and then put a little bit more mint on top, and you're good to go. I could go for one of those right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. White, white whiskey, you said? Yeah. Actually, when uh, last time I made this, I used uh, Applejack. Which I'm sure you're familiar with out in your neck of the woods. Very familiar with the Applejack. Yeah, we were using uh, Laird's uh, White Lightning Unaged uh, Applejack. Yeah, so it's 100 proof. It's actually like apple brandy, but it's essentially like Northeastern moonshine. I'm not familiar with how big of uh, how big white whiskey is back home still, but I know like out here that's something that's been really like taken off and. Um, I like using it because, in a way, it's got a similarity to vodka, but not quite as botanical as gin. And um, actually, I did a cocktail competition last year where we did a twist on a Moscow Mule with some white whiskey and also uh, some piece of cord that's made locally out here and made it like a Moscow Mule, and it went over really well. So something fun to try out. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey, what's, and Lee, what's, what's called again? It's called a berry smash. So berry two smash. ounces of white whiskey, three blueberries, three raspberries, three quarter ounce of simple syrup, three quarter ounce of lemon juice. Uh, throw some mint in that shaker tin with some ice and just shake it. This way you don't have to muddle it, but you'll still break up all the berries and all the mint. Just pour it out, like yeah. dump all the ice and everything into a pint glass, top it off with ginger beer. Throw a little more mint on top and you're good to go. Dane, it sounds like one of those drinks that you'd be having either in Vegas or putting back. It'll, it'll go great in either way. I'd love to go to Putin Bay. I might be going to Putin Bay this year. If Ohio's the only place still open by Labor Day, I might have to do that. I seriously doubt it'll be open by Labor Day, man. Hey, oh, I got I got place you get open, man. You're gonna have to go southeast. Or you're gonna have to go to like the Lake Shore in Indiana. Yeah, I gotta add no, something you. though to Lee's segment. I'm gonna add the drink not to do for the week. <laughs> uh, I don't ever remember. I remember when Jaeger used to be cool, and I don't remember why now at this point. <laughs> so my friend, when I was home over July 4th, had the great idea to let's do, let's do Vegas bombs. Oh, I, don't know, I was already wasted. I was like, yeah, let's do Vegas bombs. I think I threw up on myself by the end of the night. That stuff is nasty. <laughs> nasty. No Vegas bombs. No more Vegas bombs. You guys did the uh, segment drinks that need to never be made or drinks that need to be retired segment a couple yes. weeks back. Uh, the whole time I was listening to that, the one that I kept remembering was uh, what we called a dead Nazi, which was Rumpelmintz and Jägermeister half and half. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll pass on that for sure. Or, uh, I'm good. or the Starry Nights, which was uh, Goldschlager, yes. and yeah, basically any liqueur and Jägermeister together never needs to be made again. Anything yeah, with no, a liqueur never needs to be made again. Liqueur <laughs> was like the worst idea of mankind. It's gross. It's cheap. Come on, man, you're Italian. You don't enjoy like some amaros and digestifs. No, oh, man. I, I just I remember when the only flavor of vodka was vodka, and I, I just want to <laughs> stick with that. Hey, don't get me wrong. You, that that is a hill I will totally die on when it comes to like flavored vodkas and whatnot. Yeah, uh, man. Nah, when it, like 
uh, seriously, that's one thing that I like really started getting into once I moved and became like more immersed in like a cocktail scene um, out here was the use of Amaro's, you know, like be it like Fernet or uh, Averna, Campari, um, Aperol, like all of these things. And it's different. And, you know, a lot of them, some of them are lower proof, but I mean, heck, Fernet comes in at 80 proof. Uh, I think Averna is probably right about 80 proof. So there's much as like regular spirits, but it's just not, it has these like herbal properties that I think are super fun to play with. Yeah. I like it. Well, I like it pretty simple. I like <laughs> keep it simple. GMTs and vodka sodas. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> I, I can't wait to experience those in person now. So we'll have to figure out the shrimp whenever someplace opens up. We'll For sure. Don't yeah, know what it's going to be uh, yet, but it's going to be re- A reunion board meeting is long overdue. Here, I'll tell you what, I can't make anything. I have no artistic ability when it comes to making food or drinks or that stuff, but I'll, I will see if Jackie can make this drink. I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, Jackie will whip it up. I'll, uh, Jackie will whip it up, yeah. Yeah, I'll take, a, I'll take a picture of the recipe and I'll send it to you. There you go. I want to try yeah, it. Send, uh, send I got you, too. Right? Try it out. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that, man. No problem. Right, we're uh, we're going to push on to the first segment. College football, is there going to be a season or not? Conferences are backing off their schedules, saying they're just going to uh, play conference schedules and everything. The Ivy League shut it down for the year for all their fall sports. They said they're going to push them back to the spring and see what happens. What do you guys think? Is it happening or not? I, I don't think so. Um, if it is, it's going to be – you're going to not have probably a national champion because no one's going to want to be traveling and everyone's going to always be arguing back and forth, my conference is best, my conference is best. A twelve is terrible, and uh, so it's just, it's just going to kind of be a wasted year. And ultimately, yeah, it, I hope player safety wins out in this. Same as like with the NFL and all the other team, all the other sports that are getting back to play. Yeah, no, I mean, I know personally, Dan. Go ahead. I'm sorry, you're about to say something. No, no, you're good. I I, I don't think there's going to be college football either. What do you think? No, I don't think it's going to be college football. I mean, I know they're trying to do because they're trying to save face. Which they want to they want to make some money. You know, especially for their athletic departments and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know later on we're talking about like college football and basketball coaches, whether I'm taking pay cuts or not. You'll see later on that the SEC coaches, many of them are not, you know, especially like the John Calipari's and the Nick Saban's out there. You know, they're, they're not taking any kind of pay cut as of right now. Uh, probably because they, they're bringing in a lot of revenue for their universities and for the state and everything. But, um, no, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be a college football season. I don't know how I don't know how they could do it. You know, if if you know two players get uh, if two players get um, infected with COVID, then all of a sudden it's gonna jump to like 15, and then they have to quarantine for a couple of weeks. So how can you do that? And how can you monitor that with 100 players on a team? That's like to me, it's just impossible. I don't know how they would do it at all. Especially with some school with different conferences, not even, or I should say states, not even calling students back. I know California through most of their state university system is doing virtual. Uh, Our next door neighbor, she's actually a professor at CU Boulder and they're doing, um, they're still operating. They're going to at least do the first half of the first semester is virtual and then potentially bring students back. So Right. If you can't have if you can't have students on campus, how do you really justify having athletics? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's tough. It's tough. No, there's 
you know, there will be pro sports because those are professionals mm -hmm. and that's a business. And uh, right. I mean, college football is a business too, but you know what I mean? Like, this is different. These are guys getting paid. Uh, I, I was on Twitter today and I see Landry and a lot of the NFL players crying that the NFL don't care about the, you know, their safety and that they have a, we want to play hashtag now and all that stuff. Well, let's face it, it's they're going to play. I mean, they're at the end of the day, that, they're just trying to negotiate right now, but they're going to play because they want paid. And your NFL, your career isn't very long. But college, mm -hmm. college isn't going to play. Maybe the SEC will play because, you know, basically that's all that matters down there. They don't care if people dying. they got to have college <laughs> football. That's true. That's true. And there's a lot so, you have to take into account with football programs, too. Um, one, like Trell, you mentioned with athletic departments and their budgets, that's why you see, um, you know, I think it was CU or CSU out here played Michigan in the big house with all intents that they were going to get their heads kicked in because it's just a massive payday for them. And that, you know, is what funds all your, um, you know, down level or down ladder um, sports, both on the men's and women's side. And yep. two, if you think about, I mean, I don't remember if it was Coach P or, you know, one of the coaches at Hanover used to always say, we as the football team were one of the best advertisements the school had. And I'm sure it was the same at Ohio Wesleyan for you guys, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I, I know the smaller, the smaller schools that are not in power five conferences or even like the FCS schools that go ahead and they're going to play the Ohio States or the Clemsons. They know they're going to get beat like 72 to six when they get paid however a million dollars. And that funds the whole athletic department for the next year. Um, you know, so they're, they're willing to take that if they can get that money. And so they're the ones that are really going to be hurting the most in these situations um, as far as that. You know, all the Power 5 conferences, they can bounce back. They can figure it out, I'm sure, overall. But it's those smaller conferences, I think, that are going to be hurt the most, for sure. Well, yeah, and then you got to remember the football programs. Not, you know, these schools, these big schools like Ohio State, not only pay for other people's departments, but the football pays for their other departments as well. Mm -hmm. So – I mean, right. you saw, like we talked about in the one podcast, Akron already cut a bunch of sports, Akron University, because they know they're not getting that money. You know, in all serious, I know I said that about the SEC, but like, you know, you know they want to play, but I just, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Bonus topic. I don't talk about the NFL. We know they're going to play. You know, the players talk about playing because, you know, they're like, oh, we'll play through anything in the NFL. They don't care about our safety. But what are they going to do about the kickoff? I think they should bring back old-school kickoff rules, have all the players sign waivers. They know what's going on. They know what they're getting themselves into. Um, what do you all think? Because if, if either that or just get rid of the kickoff altogether because it's pretty much pointless to me. Well, I personally like the kickoff. I think uh, it's taken away from the game. I mean, Lee, who wants to watch the ball just flying to the end zone every time? I did, like, I, I did like what the XFL was doing. I actually could get down with that. I mean, that's better than what we're watching right now, just a guy kicking it in the end zone. It's like a waste of time now. Like, a lot of the entertainment's mm -hmm. taken away. I mean, some of the most exciting things in the game were kick returns and pump returns and stuff like that. And, Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. hell, Desmond Howard literally is a legend in the NFL, or else he'd be a bust if he wasn't a hell of a kicker turner. Yeah. Devin Hester, too. Devin yeah. Hester, he could not find a position to play on the field. But you get the ball in his hands, and he's excited. He can, he can turn kicks and punts. That's what he's good at. Not good at anything else playing football, but he can do that. 
for I, five I mean, years, the only thing the Browns had to watch was Josh Krug's return and stuff for five years. That was all we had. So. <laughs> I mean, I, lo- I love the kickoff. Um, I'm very much a traditionalist in that aspect of it. And I understand that they're trying – they're concerning themselves with player safety. But at the end of the day, that's one of the most visceral aspects of football that has – is reason why football is so appealing to people. It is the violence in it. And what is more impressive than literally 11 guys slamming into another 11 guys while they have a, while they're running at each other. And so on that right. end, you can't really replicate that or try to lessen that. You can take away wedge blocking and all of that. But at the end of the day, just give them the ball at the 20, just have everybody start at the 20 because what they're trying to do. And like you're saying, Dane, who wants to literally watch the kicker try to just kick it out of the end zone. I mean, hell, out here in Denver, Brandon McManus tries to actually kick field goals sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, right. I, I would love to see that. I agree to it. I mean, but it's never going to happen. I mean, the thing that bothers me real quick, not to get on this topic too much, is like, you know, we all play college football. Like, if you don't know football's messing you up, like, <laughs> who needs a doctor to tell you that it's not good for you, really? Like, when I see that argument, like, the NFL is hiding that's bad for you. I mean – we played the game. If you think football's – that, that argument just doesn't hold no weight with me. Like, I mean, if you, you don't you, think you know, you know in middle school. Out, like, yeah. Yeah, you know in middle school, like, all right, you know, you're going to get your bell rung or whatever, a.k.a. concussion of some sort. <laughs> you know, that's that's a part of it. So, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. That's understandable. And I understand parents that don't want their kids to play, at least not to a certain age, but, you know. As players are getting older, they know what they're getting in for. They know that there's possibility that they're going to get concussed, that they're going to get knocked out, they're going to get hurt. It's, it's a violent game. And you can't really take that away because then guys aren't playing at full speed. Then guys get hurt other ways. Absolutely. So, Think about every single football movie that every one of us probably loves. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the program to, you know, remember the Titans or whatever. There's always like there's always some memorable scene where some dude just gets blasted, and it, it that's just what football is. And nope. until and yeah, you know as soon as like you said, Charles, it's the first time you get your bell rung, first time you get a concussion, you kind of or not even that. I mean, even you just take a great shot in the chest and totally get the wind knocked out of you. You don't you automatically kind of have to know on some level physically. Yeah, that ain't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely. Like any kind of back pains and stuff I have now, a lot of that was related to you know the playing football and the lifting weights to play football. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna sit here now that I'm 40 and go, "Hey, you guys told me that football was safe." Yeah. You did. You hid from me the fact that it was hitting me in the head. What? Come on, man. What? <laughs> I mean, I understand it's a money grab, and I, I, don't get me wrong. I feel bad for the guys that are messed up. You know, no one wants to walk around like Earl Cam wants stuff. I mean, it's horrible, right? Some of the stuff. People do have legitimate problems. But to act like you didn't know that it wasn't, I mean, that's, that's to me, it's a reach. There's, a, a, there's a certain line. Like, some of those guys, you know, to, I can't remember if it was a movie or not, but if you think about, like, the Junction Boys and stuff, and, like, when yeah. you're, you're talking about guys that are playing in the 50s, the 60s, even in, I mean, hell, the early part of the 80s, that whole mentality of um, are you hurt or are you injured and getting in there and, you know, okay, give me some smelling smells. I'm going to go back in there because, quite honestly, I can at least remember what's happening for four downs. 
and that those guys were the are the ones that I can feel like can have a legitimate beef because it was like this team did not look out for me in that regard. They kept putting me out there when I should have been pulled. Now, you argue, want to talk no. about some of our gays, our, the guys that are of, you know, this like 2000s generation, like you start seeing these older players and seeing, you know, how they look like old boxers in a lot of times. And you, we have a better sense and semblance of what it is. And I think that now we're seeing players get to a point where they're like, okay, I'm not going back in. I don't care what you say. Yeah, the, now you have the science to back it up. But I mm-hmm. think before you didn't need a PhD to tell you that it wasn't good for your neck. You know, right. or stuff like that. And right. you know what? Like, I understand what you're saying. It was a different mentality. Like, I'm going to play. I think even, you know, me, I'm 40. I grew up. That mentality was mm-hmm. still there. Like, you know, the idea was if you get hurt, somebody's going to take your job. Like, I'm not coming out of the game. I mean, that's yeah, you're gonna get Wally hurts. I mean, you play for a school like Ohio, and it still goes on. You play for a school like Ohio State, dude, the three guys start that are your backups are probably just as good or they come in after you go out for a couple plays and they make two sacks, you're coming out of the game. I yeah, mean, they could literally start at every other at every other school in your conference. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, like, you know, I, I still think that's there. I still think a lot of guys don't pull themselves out when they're hurting because they don't want to lose their jobs. Uh, or, you know, and and there's a lot of people who want to win, dude. I wanted to win. Yeah. I'm going to play no matter what was wrong, you know. So Or even in college, they don't lose their scholarships because they're, you know, they, in college football, they don't get four-year scholarships in college football. They get, they get, yeah. one, they get one scholarship that's mm-hmm. renewable each year for four yes. years. True. So people don't talk they, about that. And yeah, Dan, think about, about this. Like, you don't get a full ride the whole time you're there. You have to make sure you show up and you're making plays and making money for the school in order to um, keep that scholarship and keep your free education, I'll throw up in quotes. True. I mean, <laughs> think about that, and Dane, you and I can like look at it from a little different perspective too, because, you know, Terrell was pretty and was out there as a whiteout. Ah, you that's true. With, you and I were that's playing with hands, hands, in, hands in the dirt. And <laughs> I guarantee that if you went to a high school football practice today, they're still looking at how messed up the crown of your helmet is to show, like, yeah, you're in there holding your own against the guys across the line from you. Yeah. And yeah, I, don't I, mean, you, I don't know what your guys' helmets look like at Ohio Wesleyan, but with our stripes, if your stripes weren't busted up, it was like, what did you? What have you been doing? Oh, yeah, we had white helmets back then. They have fancy Nike all black and red uniforms now, but not back when I played, man. That stuff was like champion before champion was cool uniforms, <laughs> man. And, and I had an all-white helmet. You know, my senior year was the year of 9-11, and uh, we thought we weren't going to play, so we had the American flag in the back of the helmet. So that was pretty much it. It was white with the American flag on the back of the helmet, like a black and red stripe down the middle. <laughs> now some of our helmets, we had panther paws on the side. So, yeah. But so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that mentality still rolls forward, and it's, you know, it's part of the game, but it's it just is what it is. And while – we just hope that the science catches up to it. And, you know, maybe the helmets are better nowadays, but it still is what it is. Well, here's – and you brought up a good point, and I heard this argument, and I completely agree with it to a certain extent. Today's equipment allows you to hit – helmets weapons. Like back then when you were tackling with, like, the cheap helmets or leather helmets and stuff like that, you were running full go into a dude to knock him out. Watch some old videos. It was wrestling more, like going to tackle people and stuff. Oh, but yeah. now, man, you feel indestructible in this equipment. It's super lightweight, and you're just missile yourself into people. So 
I agree that a lot that the equipment has a lot to do with why uh, the game has gotten a little more violent. You know, that is very yeah. true. I mean, you look at like those old videos of like a Dick Butkus. You know, he's not lining a dude up with his head or even like a Deacon Jones. You're literally matching a dude chest on chest and just physically manhandling somebody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep, I mean, yep. I, I definitely think the equipment has a lot to do with it. I, I agree 100%. The only way you're going to make it better is going back to leather helmets. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see that yeah. happening. And we talked about this before. I, dude, those Nike Sharks I used to play in weighed like 10 pounds. You go into a Dick's now and look at them football shoes and pick them up, they're like picking up a feather. Can you imagine <laughs> running in today's football shoes? Oh, actually, my God. Dude. I actually had a pair of a guy that was a couple years. It was uh, Elliot Trail. I had a pair of his shoes that he had passed on, and they were yeah. super, super lightweight, like receiver shoes. And I would only wear those on conditioning days. <laughs> Dude, I'm so, I'm so old. We didn't have dry fit back then, man. There was no Under Armour just yet, man. Your shirt weighed 15 pounds when you took it off after you took your shoulder pads off. You know yeah, but that's I mean? why you had to cut it off right at the bottom of your pads so that bottom half didn't weigh it down. Uh, I was too fat for that. <laughs> I stole, I always stole uh, Clough's dry fit stuff. You know, he always has all the brand new Under Armour stuff. So, I mean, he basically went to, he basically he was, went to college to for pretty. four years at prep school. So, yeah, they always had that good, good. Right, yeah. right. All right. So, and we'll put, we'll push it forward or whatever. I don't know if y'all saw this, but Taco Bell, they are getting rid of multiple menu items. What do you think about that? As of August 13th, now Taco Bell has been a staple in our lives for years, especially mine. <laughs> That was my first ever job. I started working there when I was 15 years old, worked there through college. And I guess we're trying to streamline operations, so I get it. But still, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they need to do a better job of managing how they're ordering their food, in my opinion. But that's just me. Uh, but some of the things that they're getting rid of, the grilled steak soft taco, seven-layer burrito, the steak quesarito, although you will be able to order it ahead of time or through the mobile app. A Nash Supreme, the Beefy Fritos Burrito, the Spicy Tostada, the Triple Layer Nachos, the Spicy Potatoes Soft Taco, the Cheesy Fiesta Potatoes, the Loaded Grillers, Chips and Dip, Mini Skewer Bowls on the breakfast menu, and I think that is it. But still, I mean, basically they're just going to keep tacos and bean burritos on the menu, and that's it. <laughs> so, here, I... I there's one item where they're making a big mistake, right? You have to be able to eat and drive, all right? And the loaded grillers are perfect for eating while you're driving. I literally just had a couple. I had like a box of them sitting next to me driving back to Ohio last week. So uh, the grillers, you know what I mean? Because you can eat them without spilling all over you and stuff like that. So I think getting rid of the three different kind of loaded grillers is a bad idea. Uh but generally, if I'm just eating Taco Bell, I, I was really worried they might get rid of the Chalupa because I do like the Chalupas. Um, yeah, and but, you know, all that stuff you just mentioned, I don't really eat any of those, but the Grillers was my go-to when I got to drive. Understandable. It, it is easy to keep in one place. You won't spill too much. And like I said, it is, it is probably one of the easier things to, to drive with that's still good. So... Lee's too healthy for Taco Bell, man. He ain't eating that. I mean, it's White Castle, Crave Cases. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I do love me White Castle. And, yeah. and, and I, I, 
I don't know how, but I've never broke down actually and bought the frozen pack out here because we don't have White Castle out here. Um, as far as Taco Bell, though, man, I got to gotta be honest. I have, probably haven't been to a Taco Bell in a really, really long time, but it's not <laughs> because I don't enjoy it. It's because out here I can literally find a taco truck probably within like a two block radius at any See, and that's time. way better. So, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I heard you people out in Denver are concerned about the way you look and being in shape and all that kind of stuff, man. We don't worry about that out here. Actually, Dave, I'm not going to lie to you. Here, here's the thing. And I learned this when I very, very first moved out here. Actually, it was when I came out here for my first interview before we even officially moved. So I thought the same thing. You know, pretty healthy place. You know, you go out, you're, you hike mountains uh, as a hobby or you bike them or whatever, whatever. And it's a super healthy place. And I came out here and I discovered the hardest thing to do is actually find a salad. I can't find like a good salad anywhere because every it's meat and potatoes, it's burgers, it's fries, it's taco truck. It's, um, I mean, literally a lot of just like super hearty food. But the reason why is because you're going to go out and spend your day hiking up the side of a friggin' mountain. Or your yeah, energy, man. man. So you're like expending like a big amount of energy, but at the same point in time, you know, you're still, you're still eating really, really good food. And also, I mean, cocktail scenes really big out here. Craft beer is huge out here. So it's a, uh, you create that equal equilibrium with what you put in and what you put out. And it's like you eating those three triple whoppers for you doing leg and back day when you're going to go work out. <laughs> right, man. That works. That works. You get that 500-pound deadlift with double whoppers, bacon eaters. Bill, you didn't have a belt on. Yeah, I had to have a belt on, yeah. Anybody who did around all that. Belt. You know what? That's not sissy to wear a weight belt. So. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm all about that and all about being safe. I'm more curious how you got the weight belt around the two triple whoppers. Oh, yeah. You got to get the big belts. You got to get the real long ones, man. You got to get the ones that when you go into dicks, it's like hanging down the whole length of the wall. That's the one I get. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. All right. Hey, did you guys see that the WNBA, they're not giving Elena Deladon an exemption for her Lyme disease she's had for the last nine years? But she takes 67 pills a day to try to maintain. And she's, you know, it's hard enough for her to live with just the disease itself. But in order to do that and be a professional athlete, she's the reigning regular season MVP, reigning finals MVP, and defending WNBA champion. You know, you would think that if she was player X, that they would allow her an exemption to not, to not play this year, basically, because of her disease, uh, because of COVID and everything. But they denied her exemption, saying that she has to play. And um, if not, then she won't get paid. And probably because she's the face of their league. So, hey, what do y'all think about that? I think this is with any job right now. Like, if you are open and you're required to go to work, uh, you got to go or you're not going to have a job for a lot, at a lot of these places. Like, everybody had exemptions the first couple of months, but I think it's gotten to the point where people tell you you got to be there, you got to be there. Uh, so, I mean, it's a tough situation. I, I mean, this is just such a unique situation. Like I said, I try to avoid all these kind of conversations. But, uh, you know, yeah, no controversy here, man. People's messing with their money. They say stuff, they're done. So, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, if you're the owner of the team, you're going to make her play, I guess, is what I would say if she don't want to play. I mean, the NBA's not making you play. The NBA said, hey, you don't have to play. You won't get paid, 
that's why Oladipo all of a sudden is uh, reevaluating <laughs> his health with that three million on the line. But uh, you know, no, I mean, like, happy about it. <laughs> never mind. I, I'm feeling pretty good. I think I can play some <laughs> basketball now. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, I agree with you uh, on the NBA side of it. When it's like, if you don't, you don't want to play. All right, don't play. But at the same point in time, you're you're not going to get paid. Um, but with, in her case, and I believe I just saw someone else, uh, another WNBA player, um, did get an exemption for some type of yeah. Existing. Tina Charles got exemption yeah. for having asthma. That's what it was. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not 100 percent actually like on top of like what Lyme disease is or what the you know the effects of it and how it impacts your life. And I mean, if you have a pre-existing condition, I feel like you should be able to opt out, especially if you're putting yourself into a scenario where you're more susceptible to picking up or an infection or can have a greater impact if you do get sick. That's because it is medical and not just a personal choice. I think you, she should get paid and it's kind of, and Trail, you're probably right with the fact that she's the face of the league. She's, you know, finals MVP, regular season MVP, NBA champion. So you want to have her out there. She's clearly marketable. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just how I see it. I don't know, Dan, I, I get your point with it but like I said like we said I think because medical she's gotten given all you know all of her documentation medical documentation what she does on a daily basis just to keep this disease at bay for her to just live on a daily basis you know along with play well, as a professional athlete well let me ask you this like so obviously she's the best player in the league so she just says she's not playing this year it's not like somebody's not going to want to pick her up next year. So is she I trying to get void her contract? Yeah, they could void her contract, but she's still the best player. So I'll also sign her. But so yeah. here's what I'm saying. Like, uh, is she trying to get an exemption and get paid? Like, I'm confused on where, like, she could just say she's not playing and they'll just say, we're not paying you. And that's it. So I'm, I'm I think, confused. I think that's what it is. I think they, they offer trying to get paid. I think they offer exemptions with pay for medical yeah, well, yeah. So if people want paid for not working, that's going to be a tough sell, right? But if they're giving it to other individuals already, you know, that they're offering it to them, it's part of what they were talking about, what they agreed with. Yeah, well, they they opened Pandora's box. They should have just said all or nothing like the NBA. The NBA said you're either playing or you're not. If you want to play, you get paid. If you don't play, you're not getting paid. I think the, the, the NBA not doing any medical exemptions? Not that, oh, yeah, they do if you were already injured before this happened. No, not like um, not like a knee or something, but I'm talking about like if someone has, um, you know, like sickle cell or, um, you know, Lyme disease. I, I don't know right. if the NBA I'm not is really like, sure. I haven't, I haven't heard. I'm not saying that I'm not ruling it out, saying that they're yeah. not, but they probably didn't – do something like this where it'll be a PR nightmare for them mm -hmm. and you know, trying to deal with it with like their best player. If it was, if they were, it should have been anonymous player X where they have still, where they have still um, denied her exemption. I guess that's really the question. If it, yeah. wasn't, if it wasn't her name on the back of the Jersey, you know, would they still have denied the exemption? So that's the real question. So I got to ask too, plus you got to remember the WNBA salaries, like what she's the MVP. What's her salary? Do we know? I don't know what it is now, but I mean, they have the new collective bargaining agreement. 
you know, coming in. So, I mean, it's definitely increased. It's not NBA as of right now by any means, but. Well, no, it's figures. probably not even close. It's probably not. E- it's probably just like a normal job salary. I don't think they get yeah. paid that So, I mean, you got to wait. Probably a couple hundred thousand. If yeah, they're Oladipo and they told me. At least six figures. I mean, if I'm Oladipo and they told me they're not paying me $3 million, I'm rolling out there in a wheelchair. I don't care, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's $3 million. Like, I guess you got to weigh the risk and see what the pay is, right? So I mean, that's my squad. So, I'm, uh, so I'm happy to see Oladipo back. I like uh, Oladipo, yeah. But, I mean, here's, here's, here's a question I think you have to consider. So, take Elena and Deladon out of this and put, swap in basically the face of the NBA. So, let's just go with LeBron. If LeBron was basically saying, I have Lyme disease, and for whatever reason, the doctors are not clearing me or providing me with an exemption, what do you think Adam Silver would do in that case? Their union's way stronger. I think Adam Adam Silver seems to be like the coolest uh, commissioner in all sports. Like, I think That's he'd true. be fine with it. Clearly like, the Silver best. Silver is the best commissioner in, in, in sports, in my opinion. I mean, the NFL players hate their commissioner. The baseball can't get along. Adam Silver just seems to have the magic touch with the NBA players. And, that, you know, I mean, as much as a union and worker relationship can be, union and corporate relationship, I think Adam Silver would be cool with it. And I don't – I think when you're LeBron and you're worth $500 million, you don't have to play if you want. You don't want to. You know what I mean? So, it's so hard to compare NBA and WNBA. These guys in the NBA are rich. You know what I mean? Like, even your bottom tier – even your bottom tier guys that you never heard of make ridiculous money. So yeah, they're, they're getting banged for sure. Yeah, they don't mess with it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, who was it? We talked about this. C.J. McCollum said during COVID, half the players were broke. I don't know how that's possible, but well, I mean, we know how they're possible, living, but you know, they're, they're living that lifestyle, man. Living that lifestyle. Yeah. So I don't know. I came across that. One of your thoughts on it. Um, Another thing that we that I'm seeing out there, and I know this is stepping into the, the realm of controversial. I know we try to stay out of Oh, that. don't do it to me, man. Don't do it to me. I know. It's like, <laughs> we, won't, we won't venture too far. But the Washington football team, the Washington oh. NFL football team, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on right now between removing the Redskins as their name due to being offensive, which it really is. You know, it's taking them kind of long enough to do that. Um in my opinion, that's just me. Um, and also, they more recently getting complaints from uh, multiple females uh, throughout the years regarding sexual harassment uh, within the workplace from multiple individuals from the organization. It seems like a this, issue. The timing of this is kind of interesting with all this going on. So, I mean, I don't I mean, know. The controversy is not really a new thing over the name. No, it's, this is old news. Right. I mean, uh, uh, the only thing two that executives, like, two executives resigned, I think, this past week when the allegations came out for the sexual harassment issues. If you think yeah. about it, in pro sports, there's a, there's a uh, precedent for essentially being able to remove an owner for something that is kind of beyond the pale. Uh, you know, it was Marge shot. It was some of her comments in the 90s that led to her selling the team. It was, um, da- was it David Sterling that used to own the Clippers? It was Jerry Richardson right. with the Panthers. And, I mean, you can't, t- I don't think you can take the team away from Snyder for his reluctance 
for um, not wanting to change the name. That wasn't nothing new. It's been that way since he bought the team. But in terms of like if he's allowing a culture, a, a toxic culture to exist underneath of him, you know, in a lot of business situations, the CEO would lose his job. And Jerry Richardson was forced out in Carolina for, I can't remember if it was comments or actions, but whatever. He just he did a whole lot of things he shouldn't have done in a sexual misconduct kind of way. And they forced him, they forced him to sell. And I don't know if that's what they'll do with Daniel Snyder, but it seems like there's more than enough uh, public opinion that would support that. Yeah, it's just interesting because, you know, uh, the timing of this is kind of interesting with everything going on, trying to get the name changed and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, the Redskins name, you know, we, we talk about that, you know, it, it obviously is, you know, offensive to people. And, uh, you know, I mean, at what point, you know, we always get in this culture war. At what point does tradition outweigh, you know, new thinking and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but I mean, you got to take these sexual harassment things serious. Like I said, people have been removed for it, lost their jobs. I mean, I obviously want to see a full investigation, you know, because no one has accused Snyder specifically. Mm -hmm. Richardson right. was accused specifically. No okay. one mentioned Snyder specifically. That's a huge right. difference. Very so, true. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'll go back. I mean, the Browns owner, he's a criminal. His company, Flying J, was stealing millions and millions of dollars from companies, and no one even talked about him potentially losing his job because he was unaware. The CEO of a company is unaware we're robbing millions of dollars from trucking companies. I don't know why this wasn't a bigger story. I mean, the guy that was aware was his brother. Yeah, you know what? It's. I don't know why that wasn't a bigger story. I don't know how he kept the Browns after that. I, I, the it's fact that they can overlook it, he paid millions of dollars to get out of it, clear his name to make it look like he had nothing to do with it, let all his executives fall. So a guy who didn't know that millions of dollars was being stole by all these trucking companies by a company that he owns, right? And he's allowed to still own a franchise? For one, if he didn't know they were stealing millions of dollars, he's completely incompetent, right? And then, you know, but – Obviously, I got off track a little bit because the Browns disgust me. But, uh, you know, it's just one thing after another. But, you know, like I said, you know, I think with Snyder not being implicated directly, I don't think he's going to be forced to, you know, sell the team. I mean, he's making the right decisions. You know, but a lot of times, even if people under you, like Lee said, CEO, even if he wasn't the one implicated, if he was allowing a culture of that to go on. Right he's going to be in trouble too. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it, I think it's definitely a culture thing, whether he was truly involved in the culture or not, don't know, can't really say, but on his watch, the culture was going on. The players seem to know about it. I'm, I'm sure there's many players that were a part of it, to be honest with you. I'm not saying that any of them are, are innocent in, in this situation, but you see there's tweets from Josh Norman and DJ Swearinger saying, you know, basically they're not surprised that this happened and um, they should get what's coming to them. So I don't know. I do have one more thing. Sorry, Haslam. Uh, Columbus is foreign in first place right now because he does own the crew now. So maybe he should just focus on soccer. 
You know what I mean? You realize this is just a back to like back in a tournament. These games don't actually count in the standings. I don't care. I'll take it. <laughs> right. What do you actually go back to the Washington thing though? Do you guys like any of the proposed uh, nicknames? No, I think it should be the (laughs) Washington three and (laughs) thirteens. I honestly have not heard any of the any of the nicknames. Uh, I haven't even been paying attention to it. I guess just call themselves the Washington Football Team and roll with it. (laughs) I hate that. <laughs> I don't know. Like they've, I, some of the ones I've seen floated. Like there's been like the Washington Monument. Um, like Red Wolves was one. Um, there's Red Tails, which is actually a commemoration of the Tuskegee Airmen. So they've got right. some, and with all of them, they would still basically keep the same color scheme. It would just be changing the logo and probably the helmet. But the thing is, there's a dude in Northern Virginia that his hobby is making up like fake football teams. Like, right. Like, taking fantasy football to this, like, beyond, like, not ever getting to players, but just, like, designing the gear for a team. And he has registered trademarks, almost all of the suggest, all of the ideas that have been floated out there by the, by the wash, uh, the wash. He's going to get paid. He's going to get oh, paid. Hey, hey talking hey, talk about messing with his money. He's trying to put himself in position to get that bag. Dude, I own the team. I just call it the Washington Snyders. A big F you to everybody. And the Washington isn't what, Snyders. Isn't that what Paul Brown did? I mean, yeah. that's what he did. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, I'd call it the Washington Snyders if I was him. And just like, yeah, take all your trademarks. It's my team. I'm just going to call it the Snyders. I mean, can they bring back to, like, the Washington Senators? Like, no. the baseball team? What, you're not, you're not a Washington Senators fan? No. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of when you have – Teams. I mean, I guess uh, it's, it's, it's the Nationals, not politics. I get it. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no. I was saying that, like, I don't like when you have uh, like a like an NFL team and an MLB team that have the same mascot. Like, like both the Cardinals used to be in St. Louis, and both the right. Giants used to be in New York. But like the Washington Senators, yeah. I mean, that would totally be cool. I mean, it's it brings back, it ties back into the history of an existing team, even though it's a different sport. Right. So I was wondering, yeah. Um, Although actually the color scheme might they might have trademark issues with Ottawa because I feel like their color schemes might be kind of similar. True. Yeah. We'll see about that. I don't know. I I, I I I would do something to make money. I would do the coolest scheme I could come up with, name and everything, something to make money. That's what I'd do. <laughs> I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. I'd you know I I would try to make some money. That's why I keep looking at all the different Indians' names, like the Cleveland Spiders or the Cleveland Guardians, named after the Guardian Gate Bridge and stuff like that. So, right. I mean, I'd do something to try to make some money. I'd totally change the scheme, the color, everything, so everybody had to go out and buy new stuff. Well, I that's would one totally thing that change it. And that they can't believe Snyder didn't do this before, not only on the opportunity to potentially garner goodwill, but everyone's going to go out and buy new gear. Yeah. Right. That's why the Indians will the do it. It is, isn't because yeah. of the name. The Indians need money. They'll do it. The, they'll do yeah, it. The thing is, though, he has to get rid of all the old gear first. But he still got. But he still has around there. You know, well, sure yeah. There's plenty of it just sitting around. So, there won't be no name change for like two years because you know there's just too much money involved with the paraphernalia and everything. True. Right. Although, I mean, and when you go back to Cleveland, though, I really think that if they're going to change the name, if they go back to the Cleveland Spiders, it's their original name. It would just kind of make sense. You can roll out all the retro gear. Like, I mean, you're rocking the shirt right now. 
that's where that's where people don't realize this. The Cleveland Spiders was actually a separate franchise. Oh, okay. Um, that was Cleveland's first team, and the team folded after having a 20-win season, the worst in the history of baseball. And then they were the Naps with Napoleon Lajoie. Right? Yeah, so the Indians franchise originated in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and the owner moved the team from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Cleveland after the Spiders folded. So it's actually – Spiders were actually a different franchise. But that's where Cy Young pitched most of his games. So you do have uh, to get Cy Young. Did they, they try to name the team after, like, Bob Feller or something like that at some point? Uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> Why did you say do what? The, the, the Cleveland Fellers. That could work. Cleveland Fellers. <laughs> you know, we need like a cool logo. Like, you know, I mean, I can't believe no one started protesting the fat Benjamin Franklin that the 76ers use. I'm surprised that one's still going going strong. You know what I'm talking about? You oh, that's true. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But you saw paintings of him, though. I mean, it wasn't like he was a, a spelt fella. <laughs> it's true. He had the most. He had the most original look in the history of mankind. Like you see That's, a picture, you know it's Ben Franklin. <laughs> you know it's Ben Franklin for sure, for sure, no doubt. So, all right, we're gonna keep moving. Kind of, we're starting to run a little bit longer. Uh, so we're gonna push through to our rapid fire segment. I know I was gonna talk about Jada and Wilson. We really don't care about that. Unless you have something serious to say about that, I was just trying to throw stuff out there to. BS about, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, make a good do, movie. <laughs> it, it, it probably would. But you guys in this next category are more experienced than I am as far as concerts. What are your some of your favorite concert venues that you've attended? Because I've only attended, I've attended two concerts and well, three concerts in my life. Not in my nature, Hanover College, Kenny Chesney <laughs> at um, Riverbend in Cincinnati. And um, uh, one of the guys' names, Red Foo and those dudes at a club in Long Beach. I forget, I forget, I forget their names. Oh, that, that's the worst concert. Was, that's the worst concert I've yeah, ever been to. Yeah, Dane was with me. That was terrible. Yeah, that was They're terrible. like two hours late. I don't know why we even stayed around for that. Like, it was horrible. I was not happy. Yeah. So, I'm not I'm not the guy talking about concert venues, but you guys know what concerts I have. So, I'd love to hear your opinions on well, Lee, you're out there by the historic Red Rocks place. You been there yet? Uh, yeah, we actually went to our first concert out there, uh, actually on our anniversary last year. Um, that was on my list. It is it's one of those places that legitimately lives up to the expectations or the hype. Red Rocks is amazing. It's a 100% natural amphitheater where there's these two giant rock formations that just create these perfect acoustics. And it's actually super cool because you can go to the venue and actually and uh utilize it when there's not concerts going on so you can get on the same stage as the performers do um you see a ton of people out there like working out like running stairs because it's this huge hugely pitched um amphitheater so that's uh that was number one on my list and then um i've got two spots but they're both uh from back uh one's back in Indianapolis. it's the marath theater which is just a really really cool venue and then as far as uh, Cincinnati, I would definitely recommend Bogarts. Riverbend's, you know, Riverbend's okay up in, uh, up in Indianapolis. I can't remember what, it's had so many names. It used to be called Deer Creek. They were really cool outdoor venues. But for me, if I want to see live music, I like it to actually be in like a smaller intimate indoor venue. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to go with two different because you got the smaller intimate one, you know what I mean? And then you got the big one for the big concerts. I particularly like the Pavilion in Camden, New Jersey. I've seen a lot of shows there. That's where you go see the big acts. Uh, it's huge. It's outside. You know, I've had the good seats up front, and then I've had the yard seats. So, and then everybody comes through there. All the big shows come through Camden, New Jersey. So that's a great place. And then uh, the historic Webster Hall in New York City. I seen sick of it all back in the uh, like throwback hardcore show in the heart of the hardcore area. So that was that was awesome. And then the, I particularly like for the smaller shows, it's called the Reverb in Reading, PA. Uh, that's where I go to see a lot of the hard rock, heavy metal shows that don't qualify for the huge, <laughs> for the huge ones. But like that pavilion's great. Like I've seen Incubus and uh, Deftones right up front at the pavilion. I've seen Slayer right there. Uh, I've seen a lot of big shows there, but definitely, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good venues, but those are some of my favorites. Nice. It's a good list. Uh, sounds good. I trust y'all's judgment. You are definitely more well-versed in uh, this topic than I am. So thanks for bringing it to the table. Like I said, I was sure it's a Ruben and Hanover College. A lot, of stupidity, <laughs> a lot of stupidity happened at both, but that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. All right. Sports stadiums, sports stadiums that we would like to visit. Uh, for me, I just went and picked out one pretty much from each of the major sports. Uh, definitely want to go to Dodger Stadium. Been to Wrigley, been to Fenway. Both were amazing. Um, so Dodger Stadium is the next one down on, uh, in terms of being oldest. So that's my – that would be my baseball one. Uh, for basketball, I would love to go to Fall Gallon Fieldhouse in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, go see the Jayhawks play. Supposed to be just one of the most incredible atmospheres. And then uh, in terms of football, I would want to go see a uh, – I'd go see a Chiefs-Broncos game at Arrowhead Stadium. But yeah, just because be I, cool. I've never been to KC, I hear nothing but great things about the city. And I'll never uh, be – I'll never go to KC, but that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, food's great, so you'll be – you'd be all right with that, Dane. Uh, the tailgating is supposed to be amazing. And, uh, yeah, the Chiefs are pretty solid right now. Yeah. yeah, they're all right. They're all right. <laughs> yeah, they locked a quarterback up for a decade. They should be good for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, what would I want? I'd like to go to the Staples Center to see the Lakers and boo LeBron. I'd like to go baseball. I'm going to take it. I've been to a lot of the historic baseball ones and been to a lot of baseball sites. I'm going to take this from a different angle. I want to go to the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, State. I heard that stadium is great. I want to see that how that air conditioning system works they supposedly have that like flows through, you know what I mean? Uh, that, that, I want to check that out. I, I want to see the Diamondback Stadium sometime because I've, believe it or not, I've never been to Arizona as much travel as I've done. And then uh, I would say uh, I've been to some of hockey arenas, but I would like to go see a game, probably Blackhawks game. Uh, I've been to Detroit and Boston, New York, but I would like to see one of the historic ones. I'd like to see the Chicago Blackhawks. Nice. So. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, as far as for me, um, football, professional football, I like to go out to Seattle. I see a, see a game out there just to you know, hear how loud it is and everything. And I yeah. It's nice. There's a good experience out there. Um, I don't know, basketball. 
I don't even know. I don't know if we even said anything about basketball, really, because I've never been to an NBA game. So, I mean, I like to go at some point in time. Um, I don't know. Is it Staples Center? That would be fun. That would be cool. I like to go to Miami, you know, see how it is down there, just to kick it. Um, college football, I mean, I've been to, like, the big house. I've been to the Horseshoe. I've been to Notre Dame Stadium. Um, college football, I either want to go to a game at Texas or at Penn State. I like to go to I like to go to a night game wide out at Penn State sometime. I think that'd be kind of crazy. It is crazy. Uh, I've been to a Penn State whiteout. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to do that. And then uh, baseball. Um, honestly, I'd I'd like to go see a game in in St. Louis. I heard good things about um, Bush Stadium there. They're Detroit. I've always kind of want to see Detroit's new stadium. I know it's within driving distance, so I think I could you know, make the trek up there. Tigers. Yeah, yeah. The Tiger Stadium's the top stadium. That's a good one. They got, got a pretty, we got a pretty good one out here too. Actually, Coors Field is. Coors Field. I mean, I'm I'm a little biased just because I love Grand American Ballpark. Um, but Coors Field, once I kind of got over the fact that it wasn't Grand American Ballpark, <laughs> is a <laughs> uh, is a pretty solid place, man. It's a it's a huge place just because, like you were talking about, the ball flies out here. Um, but the sight lines you have of the mountains is yeah. awesome. That you can literally walk around the whole stadium, and because the Rockies are normally mediocre at best, everybody kind of flocks to the upper deck because they have this place called the rooftop that is just big, one big open bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the Reds kind of done the same thing a little bit. And Dan, you've seen how the changes have happened right around the stadiums. They have the banks down there and everything that have grown in downtown Cincinnati. So, like, the bars and restaurants are all right there. Literally, you walk right across the street to the stadium. You know, it, it's a pretty cool atmosphere, especially when especially when they have the block parties and everything going on. Uh, Cincinnati's you – know, the feel of Cincinnati games come a long way, for sure. Yeah. And I wanted to dispel, dispel one of the biggest myths in baseball, that Great American Ballpark is a hitter's ballpark. It's not the ballpark. It's the pitching. Well, hey, Dane, we have the number three <laughs> pitching staff according to uh, preseason metrics, so we'll talk. We'll talk. It, it's if, 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 you, if you look at last year's stats, Dane, <laughs> the Reds were top five in least amount of runs given up all season. Oh, man, this so is my fault. You can't, you, can't blame, you can't blame it on the pitching. Can't blame it on the pitching. I got us back. I mean, I got to, guys, I do have to do something today. I will sit on here and talk baseball all day long. But I, do have, I love seeing y'all. Yeah, I love talking but, with y'all, but, but I do have things to do today. But you're using the word baseball liberally if we're talking about the Reds here. So, come on. Man, it's like they make they make one World Series in 20 years, and he gets so chippy about it. Right. He kind of does, doesn't he? That's right. Come, like, through, through the first 30 games of the season – all right, I'm over to Indians. I'm going to be a Reds fan now. So, when I come in town, give me a hat so I make sure I have my hat on right when I'm wrapping the Reds for the rest of the season. That's how it always goes. That's normal. Speaking of hats, I'm still waiting for my Iron Pigs hat. Oh, yeah, they're way. closed. There is no Iron Pigs. So I'll have to get out to look online. I don't even know what the uh, design is. I have to figure out what it is. I was trying to have a, a logo with, like, what was it, a fork and a slice of bacon? It's, the bacon, it's bacon USA. That's what we call it right here. I got my Iron Pigs hats. This is Triple A for the Phillies. You got the bacon guy here. See that? Mm -hmm. I like it. It's a good logo. 
the actual slice of bacon hat. Can't, see, you can't go wrong That's with solid. that. That is good. Can't go wrong with that. All right, hey, NBA bubble. They made a bubble. They have a tip line for guys that want to make a call for people that are basically breaking the rules. Like, do you think they should have that? What do you guys think about the NBA tip line? I mean, that's guys are not your teammates. Pretty much. Grown men, dude. These are grown men. You're going to tell them they got to stay in the in their like, room like it's I mean, college or yeah. – You kind of have to if you want to get the sport back. People calling Dwight Howard for not wearing a mask around the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, again, it's like the whole mask thing. Just be personally accountable. Take care of your shit. Handle it. And you don't have to worry about it. And if this is what you have to do to get back to playing sports and getting paid, this is what you have to do. You yeah. want to get paid or not? No, I'm with you. All right. I'm still pushing through. Uh, Kim Jong-un, we have to have the, the weekly Kim Jong-un question. Does he prefer Mexican or Italian food? That's the question. For me, it totally comes down to which one is better reheated. And I will take reheated Italian over reheated Mexican any day. I'll agree there. Yeah, but he's a dick. It is a dictator. I, I, if I was a dictator, I'd never have reheated food. That stuff would be fresh all the time. You don't think he's rolling down at like 2 a.m. and just going to, you know, bang on a plate of spaghetti and meatballs that no, personal man, chef in it? I'm a dictator. Somebody's going to do that stuff for me. They're going to bring it up to my room for me. Feed you in bed. I mean, <laughs> you, could, you could take, you know, make the tiebreaker question like, all right, which one is he going to have better drinks for? Is he going to have margaritas and tequila or is he going to have like red wine? Uh, he's definitely not drinking red wine because he obviously has no concern for health. Uh, <laughs> health concerns. Uh, I see him drinking, you know, probably a Sam Adams <laughs> with, 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 with some, uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, Sam Adams. I think he likes Mexican. I'll pick up a Sam Adams from here to here. Yeah, I think he. I think he likes Mexican. I don't know. What that's Rodman. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, Ashley's out there listening to Pearl Jam or whatever it was out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, right. yeah, he definitely, yeah, I, he probably likes it all from the looks of him. <laughs> no discrimination on his part. It's no. all good. It's going to the same place. That's right. <laughs> all right, hey, mess with your money with Rel. What we got? First of all, there's a lot of there's some NFL players getting paid. I know this couple weeks old, Patrick Mahomes got a 10-year, $503 million contract extension. What do y'all think about that? He's young. That's a lot of money. It's great. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. Really, it's not all guaranteed. I think only like $63.5 million of it's guaranteed. Um, He's got a great another one with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's yeah. going to be there until he doesn't want to be there. And when Andy Reid's done, it's going to be Eric Bieniemy, who's the current OC, and he's already got a great rapport with him. They've got a good thing True. going. And, you know, if like you say, if only six years are guaranteed, you cut him loose after that if he falls off. But hey, starting, he's going to fall off because his game seems like it will progress and get better with age. Right, because he's just now learning how to read defenses. He doesn't even know what's going on. So <laughs> Yeah, he, was, he played a pitch-and-catch system at Houston, and now he's here and – He's been he's got such great weapons around him. He can just kind of read and react. So as he gets as he gets older and more experienced, he's going to get better. 
Yeah, I'm actually surprised by this, you know, because he played at Texas Tech and they don't play defense in the Big 12, and I thought he was going to be another bust. But at what point do you just think it's the Browns and the Bengals, I wonder? You know, so, but, you know, I get off topic. But, uh, I mean. He's arm talent, though. He's, he's got an arm stronger than far. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's the most crazy. important. It's the most important position in the biggest sport with the biggest amount of money. I think you make this payment. I think it's a way better contract. I agree than people like Mike Trout who make four hundred fifteen million and no one ever sees him play because he's on a horrible team that plays at ten fifteen p.m. on the East Coast every night. I mean, I'd much rather pay Mahomes than pay like Trout. So yeah. yeah plus, hey, that dude is leader of the team. I think his team follows him. If a dude can have a dislocated kneecap, have it popped in place back on the field, and then jog off the field to the locker room, you follow that dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Yep. Hey, Derrick Henry of the Titans, he got paid four years, $50 million contract, $25.5 million guaranteed. Not bad for running backs. You know, their lives, their NFL lives are short. He's a game-changing running back, though, man. He's the real deal. I mean, he yeah. is a game-changing running back. I mean, what he's been in the playoffs. Yeah. He's doing a lot better than I thought he was. I'm like, man, he's, he's a big dude. But I was thinking Brandon Jacobs. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's, like, uh, he's definitely more explosive than I thought he would be. And he's having a better NFL career because he runs kind of high. But, I mean, he's powerful back, man. He's, he, he's he don't, better than I thought he'd be. He don't run odd. He just runs straight up and down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really well, have, like, I, a I, he, I mean, man. he runs He runs high. Like, yeah. He runs, like, makes it straight, same thing, straight up and down. He's got that he's same. Kind of, like, kind of like an Eddie George kind of runner. You yeah. know what I mean? And, it's again, it's just a bigger back. Um, you know, you mentioned Earl Campbell before. Um, Eddie George ran that way. It's just – yeah, Adrian Peterson kind of runs that way. You're just you're just a big dude, and you can take on. You don't have to worry about closing down your hitting zone because you're just a big dude, and you can take it on. Only thing I don't like about the contract is it's going to push Joe Mixon's value up. That's true. I, I think this can be a breakout year for Joe Mixon. I'm hyped. Joe Mixon's on my fantasy squad for sure. Just saying. That draft pick was a steal because he he is a player. That video is atrocious, but you know the Bengals—they don't care. That's—I mean, it's—we all can make a bad decision, and he made a really, really bad decision. He made a terrible done, decision. He's sure. honestly done remarkably, remarkably well, and everything I've ever seen about it, it seems like he's been very contrite, and he's done. Seems like he's been nothing but a model pro ever since he came into the league. Yeah. Now speaking of guys that have not exactly been model pros, well, he has been, but this dude got paid. People question if he should have got paid because of the incident last year. Miles Garrett got a four-year, $30.41 million – I'm sorry. He had $30.41 million contract, $20.25 million signing bonus. Good $100 boy. Million guaranteed. He's the, he, he is probably the best defensive end in the league. He's a freak. I mean, I've been watching his videos online, his vertical leap. Dude deadlifted 655 without even breathing hard. He's extremely fast. If he's healthy, he's one of the most gifted athletes out there on the field. Uh, when you're the Browns and you can lock up an impact player like that, you do it. In the NFL, you pay the guy who throws the football and you pay the guy who goes after the guy throwing the football. That's how the NFL works, so I don't have a problem with the contract. You pay left tackles. You pay left tackles. And you pay left tackles to try to stop him. So those are the three people who get, get paid. You know what I mean? Like – yeah. Uh, so I don't have I don't have a problem with the contract. I mean, I'm that thing about that happened with Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, we just talked about poor judgment. That was extremely stupid. But, uh, you know, uh, I think that's something he can learn from. And, uh, you know, it's not something that gives me pause that, like, it's, you know, in the future that that's going to be a problem. I'm sure he's got some kind of thing in his contract that would, you know, I mean, if something like that right. happened again, he doesn't get paid. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't really foresee that happening again. I mean, he's an intelligent dude. Like, he made a really bad mistake, error in judgment. Whatever was said, I don't know what it was, but it made him lose it and flip out. But I I can almost guarantee that that's not going to happen again for him. He's always been a good dude. He's always been a good guy in the community. He's always been a good person on the field, you know, and he's always been a good example on how to be a good, a good pro and a good NFL player. I don't really foresee him having any more issues, to be honest with you. Here's the question. If he didn't play for the Browns, would that have happened to him, I wonder? Are you talking about a curse? Yeah, I think it's <laughs> – I, I think, think that's you know, in your head. We make up curses because we can't get rid of the fact our teams don't get rid of the hump. Right, like the Indians not winning the World Series in like 70 years. Hey, but the Indians hey. give me watchable baseball. The Browns can't even give me watchable football. I mean, here's, here's, the, thing, hey, here's the thing about Miles Garrett, and or at least in my, my opinion. So, Miles Garrett – if the, if he lives up to this contract, it's it'll be great for the Browns. It's just a ton of money to invest when you're a team that supposedly says that you're a smaller market. Um, but uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're a pass rusher, you ha- when you're an outside edge rusher, you have to learn to adapt your game as you're as you get older and your physical skills start to either slow down or come back to the pack. Who in Cleveland is going to teach him to adapt his game here in Denver? We had Von Miller, who, you know, you could say Miles Garrett probably has kind of taken that title as the top rush rush end or edge rusher, whatever you want to call it, from Vaughn. But here, Vaughn had DeMarcus Ware, as DeMarcus Ware finished out his career, to kind of learn how to adapt his game. And now as Vaughn's starting to hit that level, he, you see Bradley Chubb is the new young gun that's got these just incredible freakish physical talents. Who teaches Miles Garrett how to do that in Cleveland? as he gets older because they don't have the money now to go out and sign that veteran edge rusher. The only thing I disagree with you on is unlike the other sports, everybody's big market in the NFL. They all got the money. They all share the money. Browns is actually kind of a big market when it comes to marketability. And I mean, just when people think the Browns are going to win, they're on every primetime game (laughs) just thinking they're going to win. Baker Mayfield got every, when you're the quarterback of the Browns, you get all the commercials I mean, if you're the quarterback of the Cowboys and the Browns, you get all the commercials, you get all the endorsements. I mean, uh, it's it, to me in football terms, it's a big market. It's just, uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I think you got to remember Olivia Vernon's the other defensive end. When he's healthy, he's top of the line defensive end. He's a veteran. That's somebody Miles Garrett should be able to work with. Um, and, and Clowney's still a possibility, although he said he didn't want to play for the Browns. Can't necessarily blame him, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. And speaking of big market teams, Cowboys do not sign Dak. I know Dane's happy. He's called it. They're paying a lot more for Andy Dalton. This is about to be Andy Dalton's team in like a year. No, I want the Cowboys to sign him. They made the right decision by not signing him because I hate the Cowboys. I hope they give him $200 million. I don't – I'm good with it. I like Dak. You know, he's not – I'm not going to say he's Patrick Mahomes, but he brings a lot of those things. He brings a lot of those leadership qualities, and he might be more of a game manager, doesn't necessarily have the arm talent, 
But uh, things about wins and losses, man. Things about wins hey, and losses. I, what I, I say? Seriously, I you, seriously, you can't I, beat the Eagles. You had a two-game lead on the Eagles, and you lost to Carson Wentz, and you won't pay thirty-five million dollars, thirty-five million dollars, and you can't beat the Eagles in the I mean, worst like, division in the history of the NFL. 40, might be closer to forty million a year. Hey, hey, the worst division in the history of the NFL last year, the NFC least. And you couldn't, and you had a two-game lead, and you couldn't beat the Eagles, right? You want forty million dollars, you go beat the Eagles and get your team in the playoffs. Mahomes just hey, won a Super how, Bowl. Here's how he earned You want paid like Drew Brees, who has a Super Bowl. You can't win the NFC East. I don't want to hear about Dak Prescott. Nothing. Here's how Dak gets paid, Dane. He's going to tweak an ankle or do something where he's got to miss like two to three weeks. They're going to see what a dumpster fire Andy Dalton is. <laughs> and then they're going to pay him every bit of money he is asking for. So you're saying he's he gonna, he's going to be sending Dalton Christmas cards the rest yeah, of his Andy life? Yeah, Andy Dalton's going to get Dak Prescott paid, and and see, Dak will be like tricking him off like a percentage. I think it's the other way around. I think Dalton's going to come in and play good, and yeah, they're not going to have to pay. I agree. If Dalton gets a chance, I think Dalton's going to play well. Yes. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's as much of a dumpster fire as what you think. Dude, I think you he's going to play well, and he's going to get paid next year. You give Dalton Ezekiel, a motivated Ezekiel Elliott, you give him Amari Cooper with some of them weapons they have, a Dalton's How's that probably different than A.J. Green or um, – yeah, I guess I'm improving my point by not being able to name a running back. But, I mean, they've had plenty of talented running backs. They've had great wide receivers. They had Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu, and A.J. Green, and I believe Sed Benson at that point. And they had a Dalton had the win – Dalton had the winningest record, like he's top three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks of all time, first five years in the league with regular season wins, right? Regular season wins. And then you put him on – and then he's, he had a god-awful team the, the last couple of years. And I can't believe I'm even defending a Bengal from Texas. A.J. Green's hurt all the time. A.J. Green is hurt all he's the been time. hurt twice. Oh. Once because of a terrible football field in West Carrollton. Oh, my God. Yeah, actually, so, I, mean, I can't say anything about that. They should have kept the natural grass there. I couldn't – I mean, the Bengals team, <laughs> I mean, they got no coaching now. That's what, part of the reason I think last year was a disaster. We've talked about this. Uh, that coach, to me, is on the clock. He better show some improvement this year. I don't even know who he is. All he is is some random dude that brought donuts and coffee to Sean McVay, and that was the year of Sean McVay, so he gets a head coaching job. And he came and he can't keep his ball browns a tight ass. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, one last thing for most of your money. I'm talking about uh, Nick Cannon. Uh, he got fired from CBS Biocom for some anti-Semitic uh, remarks that he made during the uh, interview on his podcast. He probably could have made his point a different way without going that route. But then, and I said, you know, some somatic views on it. I don't know why people keep going around him. Deshaun Jackson bringing up Hitler and all that stuff. Just stay away from it. It's not really <laughs> that hard to do. You can make your point in other ways, and you can, you know, support whatever whatever everybody wants to support without going that route. I don't understand why people keep doing that. To me, it's the dumbest stuff ever because you can make your point of what you want to do without going that route where so many individuals, so many Jewish people were affected by what Hitler and what took place by the Nazis back in the day. I don't see why they bring it back up. I don't see why 
those guys keep getting brought to the table. I think it was stupid on his part. He got fired from Viacom, so he was producer on shows on MTV. He was producer on shows on Nickelodeon. He lost a large chunk of change, and he was messing with his money, seriously. He didn't get fired from Fox, though, so he's still the host of The Masked Singer. But I don't know what he's producing now. I think he might, be, he might produce The Masked Singer, so he might have to try to get some stuff going with Fox. But those long-standing relationships we have with CBS, MTV, and Nickelodeon are gone because of stupid stuff that he said. That's just my opinion. Yeah, man. I mean, if it means that he gets to bring it, bring back Wild and Out on a different network, I guess that's cool. But um, if there, it's like you said, man. You summed it up really, really well. It's such a stupid place to go with things, and to even try to go that route, you know, you're not going to get anywhere positive. No, no, you you can't go there at all. So. On that note, I know everybody's got stuff to do. Lee's got, he's probably going to go to work. Dane's going to be driving Lyft tonight. I'm going to be kicking it. Get the nine rides. That's right. Get those nine rides and get that $58 bonus, son. Do what you do. Yeah. I'm going to be up here reading for uh, for corporate finance for class. So I'm doing that and I'll be drinking Truly's. Hanging out, having a good time. So Cheers, man. Good yes, to sir. catch up with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Look forward to doing this again here soon. All right. Later. Hey everybody, it's your favorite segment, Relax and Take Notes, and today, as I'm sitting here trying to relax at the beach, um... I look on my social media or on my Facebook and I see people from my hometown arguing with each other and yelling at each other because, you know, some people believe that they should be able to keep masks on, other people don't. Some people have one political affiliation, the other people don't. And ultimately, everybody just needs to talk. I, mean, I saw someone put something out there like, yeah, let's go ahead and meet at Harmon Field at, on a particular date and we can handle this man-to-man. It's like, man, we are adults. Who's going to get together at Harmon Field for a fight? We are 40-some, you know, somewhere between 38 and 42 years old, and people are saying they want to fight. Like, that's the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life. You know, you may disagree with people. It may make you mad or upset, but you're not going to get anywhere unless everybody sits down and talks about it instead of trying to act like, you know, kids and try to handle it with a fight, which ultimately isn't going to do anything anyway, except it's going to get your physical frustrations out. But the problem's still going to be there. So I don't get it. You know, everybody talks stuff out, but I don't know. Everybody's just, it's an emotionally charged environment right now, just with everybody, you know, with the COVID going on and it's affecting people's families and everything like that. Like, I know that things have just escalated to a crazy level. So, say prayers to everybody that's out there that, you know, that handle things in certain ways. But ultimately, the issue is not going to get resolved until we actually sit down and talk things out. Um, I'm actually recording this before we've actually recorded the podcast. But I'm sure it's going to be a good one today. I plan on having Lee and Dan on today. Don't know what we're going to be talking about yet, but it should be good. So, I appreciate everybody listening. Sorry it's getting put out so late. Sorry I missed last week, just through the 4th of July, and schedules couldn't match up. So, I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we got a chance to 
record on the podcast and i look forward to doing it next week for sure until then i'm be here in destin in florida on the beach social distancing but enjoying the sun enjoying the ocean enjoying the beach hanging out and having good times as always so until next week we'll talk to you soon later